0: Today on the podcast, we have a discussion with Aaron Hill from Fisher Improvement Technologies. Enjoy it here today on Safety FM. Broadcasting live from the Safety FM studios in Orlando, Florida, here is your host, Dr. Jay Allen, on Safety FM. This episode of the broadcast and the podcast is brought to you by Safety Focus Moments. There are consultants that want to help you get the safety culture you've been looking for. For more information, go to safetyfocusmoment.com. Hello and welcome to Safety FM. This is Jay Allen. How are you doing today? Can you believe it? We are already at episode 80. I didn't even think this would go past a few episodes, so I'm really impressed to be at episode 80. So before we get into what we're going to talk about today, which is a conversation with Aaron Hill, let me give you some highlights and some things that are actually going on inside of our network. So Safety FM is currently looking for some new podcasts to join the Safety FM network. So if you know of any safety podcasters that you might want to push our direction, please come out to our website, safetyfm.com, and let us know about these potential safety people that could actually join our network also the other side is if you're looking or if you already have a safety podcast please feel free to contact us because we would love to hear what you have to offer and see if you might be interested in joining our network Anyways, I won't bore you too much with that. The other thing is some people have been asking about the Safety FM shirts. If you come to our website and go to safetyfm.com, click on the link that says shirts, you will see a plethora, yes, and I did use the word plethora, of shirts available that you can order. We have some new designs that just recently came out, so take a look at those. One of my favorites is the one that says, think about safety differently, and the differently is upside down, so take a look at that if you do get a chance. Anyways, besides that, we've been enjoying being able to bring you this content and these shows has been pretty exciting over the last year and change in regards to the amount of listeners that we that we get in and the people that are paying attention to what we have going on. So thank you. Please continue to share the information that we spread here on the podcast. Go ahead and feel free to rate us on any kind of podcatchers that you take a listen to us to and feel free on also sharing our information at your leisure is probably the better way to actually put it. Also, some people always ask about that radio station thing. We are available as a radio station platform at safetyfm.com and you can also go to safetyfm.live. We're available on the Alexa skills, also available on the Android or Google Play Store. Have everyone look at it. And then, of course, we're available on Apple iOS as an app. So if you download Safety FM, there is an app available and we are streaming truly 24 seven. We do have some live events that we do stream directly onto the radio station. So if you do get a chance, please come by there and take a listen. I think that's enough of me yapping right now. So let's get into this conversation that we had with Aaron Hill. Aaron Hill is a very interesting individual. He is someone who has just recently came into the safety space, and I have met him through Fisher Improvement Technologies. And he has a pretty interesting story on how he went from the career that he was in to getting into safety. I hope you enjoy the conversation with Aaron Hill today here on Safety FM. Enjoy the best safety
1: shows on the planet on safetyfm.com.
0: And now we should be cooking with gas. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. What I really just want to cover today is really about you. And then we can, of course, get into some of the some of the other things. But I just really want to have a good understanding on how did you get to where you're at with this whole thing? Because from where you started to where you're at, how did this some, become something of interest for you?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess the place where I usually start from is... I've I've always held a number of jobs, always something in the trades, and uh, since I was 17, something in management, whether that be with various restaurants or uh, breweries or uh, sales, as well in some capacity around that. And I worked for a brief time uh, instead of I. I was trying to find my way out of the trades, Uh, property management, construction, um, various different things with that. And I ended up working at a school for individuals with some uh, complex diagnoses and developmental disabilities. So uh, the majority of people there had uh, some sort of learning or physical disability with Uh, heavy deep-seated trauma. It was an amazing program, and we were actually able to transition the school into being a cooperative. But while I was there, uh, gosh, how old was I? Maybe early to mid-20s? And while I was there, I learned about this concept that was called TCI, Therapeutic Crisis Intervention, and where they start, it was developed in part by Cornell. And This is a very long-winded way of getting there, but for me, that was really where my interest finally took form in trying to understand how people interacted with each other in stressful situations and how an organization could best manage its people Um, or give a process for leaders to lead people, uh, I think is a better way of saying it. So what that... was give me the awareness that you don't look immediately at the individual involved in an incident or an event. As we called it then, they were always events because what would happen is stress and trauma would trigger something in um, one of the students and we would have to respond and evaluate that event and see what led to it. They never started with the individual which is where most people would start to look. What was it about their behavior? What did they do? How did they, like, why, why didn't they listen? All these things. And instead, they started, if you think of it in a bullseye, they started just about the farthest ring out. And they would, they would say, all right, what was going on in the environment? What was the temperature? Who else was around that wasn't necessarily involved in this event? Um, what other objects were around? Uh, those types of things. And that for me, like I said, as I said, was the first time that I was able to put into words the process for me that had always held value and and something that always seemed just on the edge of what people wanted to do but couldn't quite get there as an organization or as leaders or as individuals. Um, So I kind of took some of those concepts that ideology about looking outside of the individual as I went continued on in my career, it was a wonderful job and um, as they transferred into a cooperative I actually ended up with a really great job opportunity working for a restaurant group and I took that and so when I went to work with them I began to use that concept with people that were employees within the organization and so if something happened I would say all right well how did, how did we get to this place? What was going on that made that choice make sense? And then I would say, well, all right, do you understand how we got here versus what the organization's expectation is? And take a look at, did we give the proper training? Did they understand the training once they received it? Did we give them the tools that they need to do their job as normal? Or have we taken into account that there might be something else that we need to provide a tool as an organization-specific individual to accomplish the job, right? So if it's um, one of the things that jumps into my mind is that we had this very talented, very capable uh, individual, but they were too short to accomplish the task as it was set up normally. And it put them at risk, and we ended up having an incident, and going in... That was what those questions led to, was that we need to either come up with a solution where you don't do this task or where the task can accommodate you in this circumstance. Uh, And the individual said that was a much different thing that they expected. They expected to get in trouble. They expected that uh, they might have even gotten fired. And what we were actually able to do was make the job easier for not only them, but a number of other people that uh, were of similar height. So for me, those practices and concepts became very valuable and useful as I went into manage organizations and develop systems for people to uh, do work. And then in talking with the fishers and with Fisher Improvement Technologies, I realized that there was science out there that backs all that up.
0: Well, before we get into that portion of the story, before we get into that portion of the story, so what exactly about this got you so excited that you decided, hey, I want to change and this is going to be my journey piece. This is where I'm going to pull forward. What was it about the Cornell study that you said, okay, this makes sense. I mean, I know you kind of went into it a little bit as we were going there with that, with that question, but I just want to make sure that I have a, a clear understanding where you said, okay, if we start looking at the event and not at the person, how did this make more sense to what the paradigm that you had at the moment?
1: Yeah, I think I had struggled with that growing up as well, experiencing circumstances where I felt that I was kind of forced into a situation occasionally and I had to make a choice at the moment and it turned out to not be the right choice and then you're held accountable for that. Um, And it's a pretty stressful situation to be in if, if anybody's ever been in that moment where somebody wants to hold you as an individual accountable for outcomes that you certainly didn't intend and may not have had total control over at the time.
0: So well, it's always, it's always interesting yeah. on how it works is because people look at the context afterwards and say, okay, well, this person could have made this decision if they did blah, 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 mm-hmm. not really understanding that it... The heat of the moment, the passion of the moment, you have to make decisions that you don't have everything lined out. So, was that what yeah. drew you to this? Where you said, okay, this is why it makes sense to me?
1: Yeah, it was. It, so, it's two part, right? Uh, one, for me, it'll better conceptualize how I approach situations. But for me, the biggest benefit was that I might be able to relieve some of that stress or anxiety. Just that problematic feature of not really getting to what what drove what made that make sense at the time, right? What drove that individual to make that decision, and so that you can provide a better process for solving it and removing some of that anxiety for other people about, well, man, did did I do this? Did I not do this? Uh, You know, how are they going to punish me? And also as a leader, it's challenging to want to find the time to do that. Uh, If you don't have a process, if you don't, if you aren't aware of what steps you need to go through to be able to get a better answer than the first one you might decide is correct, you have a much better likelihood of actually solving that process and creating a much better work environment end product just every dynamic out there whether you want to call it culture or process or any anything that you want to look at it just improves so much more and that to me was really rewarding the thought that man maybe we can really make maybe i can really make some impactful changes with how organizations approach people and how the people want to interact with those organizations
0: So most people don't think in that particular pattern, at least not starting off, unless somebody gives them a better paradigm. At least that's the way I've noticed it so far. So as you go further down this and all of a sudden these these thoughts start coming in and things start changing, where does Fisher Improvement Technologies come into the, I guess, into the pathway where you go, okay, this makes more logical sense to me than what I've been thinking about?
1: Yeah, I had... It is very challenging to interact with leaders in an organization. Or I I should say, at times it was challenging for me to interact with my direct leadership or supervisory staff around why it made sense to take the time and ask the questions even if we were 100% sure that that person was a bad person or that uh, there's nothing we can do to solve this situation and it's going to happen again in the future, whatever whatever the rationalization was, for me, it was very hard to have these conversations to convince them and to keep up my own motivation to continuously tackle problems in that way and the way that I, I found to be valuable. And what I've come... So as I went through my work career with that and interacted with many different organizations, many different people, I was continuously having kind of that same conversation space come up where, you know, we don't have the time to do this, it doesn't make a lot of sense, um, we already know what happens, uh, you know, just whatever the quick solve is, put it in place, I want you to finish it by the end of the day. And some things that's appropriate, but not everything. And it's a, it was a hard conversation space. So... I had known of Fisher Improvement Technologies for a while, and didn't really fully understand what it is that they did. But I knew that there was some uh, safety component there—serious injury and fatality prevention—and uh, started interacting with Justin. And through Justin, I was able to interact with Rob and get a better understanding of what it is their organization did. And I also met the Lewis senior who is the president of their partner company. And he expanded my awareness even more on the, on the human side, but speaking specifically to Fisher improvement technologies, Rob was able to start raising an awareness in me that there was science out there and not just five, six years of science, but there was decades of science with definitions and data that was rooted in how humans interact with their environment and a better process for understanding that, that there was something tangible to use to not only understand humans, but to allow them to take a little bit more control over their moment-to-moment actions and their day-to-day outcomes. Which is what I had been trying to do, and that really allowed me to facilitate the conversations much more effectively with coworkers, with friends and family, with uh, people that were, my, again, my direct supervisory or uh, leadership teams. And it all started to click into place. So I was able to speak and perform more proficiently around those concepts and help other people do that same thing. That was where I realized there was a lot of value in this, that there was a process that was repeatable uh, as I had had success interacting with people around it and it became more successful. Once I started to
0: understand things with that Fisher improvement technologies So as you start listening to to Rob and to Justin and to Lewis and you start hearing these different, we'll say, technologies and science behind it, what did you think at first? Because a lot of it, of course, is heavily influenced by Hop, but then there's kind of a twist on top of that. So what did you think? Because you're already having the different mindset than, than where most people start off. All of a sudden... You go, okay, well, now I see that there's a science and some tech behind it. So how do I get this to work properly? So when they start giving you, I won't say the spiel, but they start giving you the information and it's stuff that you agree with, but didn't know that exists. What's the thought there where you go, I'm going to leave what I'm doing. And now I'm going to start doing this on a full-time basis. Yeah. uh,
1: A lot of reading and a lot of questions, um, and a lot of dry reading. So, um, things like uh, the incident investigation reports on the Challenger and looking at operations procedure manual books and understanding uh, the field guide to understanding human error and James Reason's work. So there's, I think where the wheels really started to grip for me, where the rubber really hit pavement, is when I was able to start raising the awareness in Rob and Lewis that I very quickly picked up the concepts because I have been dancing around them for the majority of my life, but without really having that framework to make them stable and um, sustainable. So talking with them and asking questions, it began to be evident that I didn't have the same background that they had, having come from really some of the origination of a lot of this stuff, or the people that they were interacting with every day out there in their uh, their their dangerous industries. I didn't have a lot of that background knowledge of that they had of those books and of those scientists that had done the work. So for me getting to pick up those books and read those books and then get to ask questions directly to them based on the things that I was able to pull out of there. That's, that's when everything made more sense. And I said, man, you know, there's really something to this. And the combination of the two, I'm a very, I'm a very person centric individual. If I don't pay attention to how I'm viewing the world, that's what, that's why having that awareness of the environment to look at the environment first really helped me so going through the process and learning about human and organizational performance and it's not just about the human it might be the first word in there but it's also how the human to interact the organization the organization the human support structures what type of tools are provided training all the different levels it's everything that happens in there and how those things interact and then the additional benefit from Equilibria, having a process for facilitating better engagement between individuals and teams and for the individual themselves so that they have a better methodology for how they conduct themselves. It, it All that happened at the same time, and for me, there was a little bit of hemming and hawing and stuff I didn't understand leading up to that moment. But once all the concepts started to come together, once the science fit and once the the human component really got a ton of detail into it, it was it was like a combination lock popped open that I just didn't even expect to to unlock while I was playing with it and it all made sense.
0: Now at that time are you already at Fisher Improvement Technologies working or is this something that you're doing before you start working for them?
1: No, that was that was after I had started engaging with them. I think we we both knew that there was some pretty interesting possibilities, and how much I took to the concepts. It really, I I I said it a lot in the initial months that it was incredibly rewarding to be involved with organizations that viewed what I had thought to be true, what I had thought to be a way that it was morally and ethically correct to conduct business and to lead people was actually based in science and it was based on data so there was now there's not just that one conversation about man this feels right we we owe this to people we owe this to ourselves to the organization to every individual that we interact with we owe it to all of those to do it this way but it also could be the conversation from yeah but that's because it works. There's science out there. There's data. There's decades of research that end up in this same concept, this same
0: space. Well, let me ask so, you something right there, yeah. if you don't mind. So mm-hmm. when you're looking at this originally, and this is before you start taking the deep dive, so you're reading the the Reasons book, you're reading some of the information that's out there. When you're looking mm-hmm. at HOP as a whole, now I'm just talking about HOP, nothing else yet. Yep. Do you yes. see there that there's gaps at that particular point or do you feel that this is actually all encompassing to what you're trying to gain knowledge wise?
1: Yes, so hop as a structure because it was new information and coming into me in that way there there was a lot of interest in it and there was that as I mentioned before that feeling of validation but to me it it was great to have the data and it was great to understand the science of why people do the things that they do but it was missing a component about having a little bit more influence better defining the individual sphere of influence around themselves and then also how those individual spheres of influence connect and coordinate with other individuals I don't know if that makes sense in <laughs> in that framework with that language but well
0: i guess well this is where it's going to be a little bit different because this is where i guess we can say that you have the ace in the hole that we haven't referenced yet but we can get to it of course where your company offers something that's called arrow which is advanced error reduction of organizations so or in or better saying in organizations but this is something that i guess we'll say it's an enhancement to hop, mm-hmm. at least that's kind of how I look at it from an outsider point of view. So when you get this additional information that is what we'll say the technology that they're using inside of Fisher Improvement Technologies, is this something where you go, this is filling in the gaps or how do you look at that originally when you get the information? It's it's almost, it's
1: it's funny. So when I started to connect those lines and it all started to fit together the, the as a product arrow, and as I was being introduced and doing a deep dive into HOP, the the concept that I think some people, and in, in, in this is just in my limited experience talking with people over the last several years, sometimes people really want a human-focused approach where, it's, you know, it's all about the humans. We have to turn leaders into leaders. They have to lead people. They don't manage them. They lead people. And it was and then the hot space some people really want to engage around the science and the data driven aspects and some leadership teams say you know what we need better team facilitation we need to understand individuals better to me they're not two separate things is what i've come to realize because human and organizational performance is a phenomenal approach to understanding that science as we said, as I said so many times i probably say again here to understanding that science, that data driven approach to people understanding why reactions and how training can, you know, system one and system two thinking can, can be affected by training and how that can then drive a different outcome in the moments or steps leading up to a potential event how that can facilitate better engagement and how it can increase productivity on the line or in day-to-day work. But then there's this other element of, well, yeah, but how do the people interact together while they're out there doing that? That's a huge thing. And how do we take control of system one and system two thinking and start creating a different pattern for ourselves as individuals, where's the science in that? It's a much more individually focused process. And bringing that information from Equilibria into the space of human and organizational performance is where that's where that that lock popped open. So that being able to understand how I as an individual can begin to create a different pattern for myself around any space or task or place that I interact with the organization or other people and knowing that then the organization has a process to supporting that change as well and supporting better outcomes. It's, it became the individual and the organization having a process to head towards the same goal, and understanding where they were both at. To me, it wasn't two separate things all of a sudden. It was the same thing. It was more information about the same concepts. And it was an improvement about that to me. Does
0: that answer your question, Jay? No, I, yeah, absolutely. That does answer my question. Now, I'm going to have to ask you something right there based on the answer that you gave me. You did mm-hmm. reference System 1 and System 2 thinking. Now, for the people that might not be familiar with that concept, what exactly does that mean?
1: So, System 1 thinking, it's thinking. raising my awareness around that. All right. uh, so, System 1 thinking is that limbic part of your brain. It is a reactionary space. Oftentimes, it's what we resort to unconsciously to accomplish a task or to solve a problem, whether that be something that happens immediately in front of us unexpectedly or uh, just how we go about through tasks. So uh, sometimes it can be, as a simple example, um, brushing your teeth, washing your hair.
0: That's that. that an activity that you've done so much. That that's, that's a terrible long example long. for me. I had to bring that up. That's a terrible example. I have no hair. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this, is,
1: this again is the radio space. Theater of the mind. You can have long flowing locks. <laughs> oh, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's for, for a lot of people though, that, and I've thought that too before when using this reference. So I, again, I appreciate you for reinforcing that, but, uh, so the brushing the teeth, tying the shoes, if we do it, we do it pretty much unconsciously and we assume it's a pretty simple task. But if we were to process flow that, it's really complicated and we don't all of a sudden have as much competency around it as we thought we did once we try and bring conscious thought to it. So that's system one, right? The limbic center part of your brain there. System two is your prefrontal cortex. That's your wise leader. That's your decision maker. That's where things get rapid with training with is when you, know, you want to change that reaction space. You need to go through that prefrontal cortex. You need to go through system two thinking, which means you need to bring some conscious thought into play to be able to do that. And that can happen with training. So what are, how do we get, how do we train ourselves? How do we create a new pattern? How do we get a groove that's more in line with getting us into system two on tasks with high complexity, or things where we need to respond instead of react, it, it's in its most simplistic form, right? So, how do we do that? Well, there's got to be a specific training for that. There has to be a physical action. There has to be something that slows our brain down. And I'm not saying when I say slow, I don't mean oh my gosh, there's an emergency situation. I'm going to take ten minutes to think about it. But something that brings us into that system two thinking, where we can respond instead of react. Does that does that answer your question, Jeff?
0: Oh, absolutely! Because here's the thing: sometimes when we get into some of the concepts, I always like to ask additional questions specifically, especially if, if I know some of the listeners might not be familiar with it. So, yeah. wasn't trying to pressure you of, "Hey, I need detailed information," but I want to be able to give an example for those people that are not familiar with some of the concepts. Now, no when predators. you start, to- <laughs> so when you start talking about the actual training aspect. When, when Fisher Improvement Technologies actually comes in and they start doing one of these training scenarios in an organization, what do you normally see as the turnaround time in regards of where they start autom- automatically seeing the improvement inside of the organization? And, of course, I'm not asking you for a magic bullet. I'm not saying, hey, does it take 24 hours and everybody's already up and running? Because, of course, some people want the magic bullet, which I try to explain doesn't exist. But where do you start yeah. seeing where the change starts happening inside of the organization?
1: So, it, there's a couple different ways to approach that question, and it, for me, it depends on where the question is coming from. A lot of times, if leaders are asking that, they want a big picture, right? And you can go small and say, well, the individual, with the workers, the buy-in process is different. So, and that's okay because it's again, as I said, it's time to create a new pattern. The organization understands that. The individual understands that. It doesn't happen overnight. We we as human beings, again, this is the research, the data, when we are ready to make a change, we begin to change. We don't change overnight. There are some rare circumstances with pretty simple things or maybe if you have a very strong um, reaction to something that you can change overnight. But if we wanna bring some intentional direction to our lives, it oftentimes, doesn't just happen overnight. So the, the individual worker, they need some time based on their individual tendencies to develop that new pattern, to develop that new way of thinking. Some people, it does happen very quickly. Some people see it, hear it. They learn about the science. They learn about the methodology of interaction. They learn about themselves, and they, their buy-in happens instantly. I'm talking day one. They're ready to start practicing in a different way. They're ready to start implementing change. Other people, it takes a little bit longer. They want to understand it more. They want to pull it apart, get time to play with the individual concepts and practice with the tools before they buy in. So that doesn't mean the change doesn't start happening right away, but it, the language, that individual's behavior may start changing in a more compartmentalized way. It might be a little bit more piecemeal, but they're gonna get to the same place. And again, it's just like anything else, basically business. There's a little bit of there's a little bit of variance in the but it's all about the awareness and the training to be aware of that variation and deviance so that as an organization it keeps heading in the same way. So that's the individual space. The bigger organizational change, it's it has to occur before that. And what I mean by that is that. the the leadership has to start implementing that change in their own behavior. So if what you're talking about is the workers or the organization, we can tell you how that happens and and give you the process for that happening. The leadership behavior, that knowledge, that needs to be the way that you are doing business before the workers get the tools. Because they're going to want to see that it works for you. And that's going to encourage clients. It's going to encourage them to use the tools. And that speeds up the transition. That speeds up how quickly that stuff takes root. Is that detailed enough? Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So, Aaron, I have a question. If the listeners want to know more about you and Fisher Improvement Technologies, what would they need to do?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, they can, of course, call us. uh, But the preferred methodology, you can really find any way that you want to get a hold of us as individuals or the company itself online at our website. That's www.improvewithfit.com. Dot com. And I, I tell people this all the time, I say, don't hesitate to call the phone number. Uh, somebody here will pick up during normal business hours, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, if not, leave a message. If you have a 10-minute question, we'll answer it. If it's a four-hour conversation, we'll do our best to have that as well. If there's something, me personally, and I know this runs true to the rest of the organization, but me personally, if there's something I can do over the phone, I'm going to do it because... It's all about that end goal of people just enjoying their day-to-day, whether that's work or at home more. And for us, that's the most valuable thing. If we can save lives and improve people's lives at the same time, that's, that's where it all happens.
0: Well, Aaron, I really do appreciate you coming on to Safety FM.
1: So, Jay, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to talking with you more in the future.
0: Now you can hear us around the world, streaming 24-7 at safetyfm.com. Any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.
2: Wow, how things can change from one week to the next.